this episode is about the power of clear, concise communication. I'll share a funny story from a clinic and how it turned into a challenging, powerful, and effective exercise for forming questions and answers to problems. So here we go. Episode 113, the five in three challenge. I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony. Because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. So I want to start this um, episode by telling a story of something that happened at a clinic. And it's something that um, arose from a situation that was sort of getting increasingly frustrating (laughs) for all parties. Uh, But then out of that came a new way of dealing with this problem. And then it turned into an exercise that I love and I use all the time. So it's, it's you students out there who (laughs) made me the teacher that I am. And I've learned to be uh, appreciative of the things that seem initially uh, frustrating. So I think there's a there's right off the bat a good lesson in life. So when things are get frustrating, you know, see if you can stop and go. Maybe there's a lesson in here. Maybe there's something I'm going to learn. Uh, frustration is often just a lack of um, a lack of information, a lack of a way through something. So in that is in frustration, there is also the potential for possibility. At least that's how I look at it. <laughs> if you're an insanely uh, positive person like me, you'll always find the possibility in things. Anyway, uh, so what was this situation at the clinic? It was, uh, I believe it was in the UK. And <clears throat> it was a great group, you know, big group of students. And a lot of times the exercises that I do um, you know, are very based on empowering. So a lot of times I'll set up students with the exercise, and then I give them freedom to go experiment and play with it. And then we, you know, they come in and can ask me questions, or we bring everybody in and we regroup, or I school somebody and everybody can watch. Uh, But I love to give people the opportunity to, um, to practice as if they were home and I wasn't there but to do that while I'm still there. <laughs> so uh, so I do that um, often a lot in my clinics. So anyway, so this is one of those moments where I had set up an exercise and they were off, you know, doing it. And often different students are doing different things because sometimes I'll give them a couple different exercises to choose from so that they can pick the one that's right for them. Uh, but so, you know, that's all going along fine and students are always allowed to come up and check in with me or ask a question. And so this one woman, um, came up and she, she said, I have a question. I was like, okay, great. And she started talking and was talking and talking and I'm, I'm really trying to listen and she was giving me lots of information and lots of details. And my my ears are pricked. My, all my antennas are forward because I'm really trying to understand. 
um, what, you know, what she needs so that I can give her a good answer. And then um, when we got around to the end of the question, I realized that there was a lot of information at the beginning of the question that wasn't really related or applicable, but I'd kind of focused on that. So by the time she got to the question, I was like, uh, so I was, I was like, oh man, I, I don't know how to answer that question. So I kind of did my best, um, sent her off to go practice some more, but it was bugging me. I was like, wow, I, I'm not sure I gave her a really good answer. And then I was realizing, I don't think she gave me a really good question. Now, uh, Friends of the pod, you might um, have seen that in episode 33, I actually have a whole episode on how to ask questions. And I, I might even tell this story or at least a version of it um, in that episode. But anyway, so she goes off and rides around some more. And of course, because we didn't have a good question, she didn't get a good answer. She needed to come back and need more information. So she started talking again and and I stopped her at one point. I'm like, listen, I'm really having trouble figuring out what you're trying to tell me. I'm having trouble figuring. I can't really give you a good answer because I'm not sure what your question is. And so she talks some more and, and, uh, I I gave her my best answer. She went out, played with, with it some more. And this happened maybe on the third time, that, that might not be true. I can't remember exactly, but let's just say like the third time we do this, she comes back in, she's getting frustrated. The horse is getting frustrated. I'm frustrated because I'm not helping. And, uh, so she starts to ask a question again and I stop her and I go, can you just tell me what your question is in one sentence? And she looked a little bit Eh, just a little bit miffed, maybe like, oh. <laughs> you know, because I know she was trying to give me all the information she thought was applicable in in detail and, you know, all this stuff. And I know she was just doing it in the spirit of, I want to help my horse. I want to do a good job. I need to know. I really want to know. So, you know, let's just say that we know that this is all in the spirit of, I'm trying to figure this out. And that's a great thing. So she, she's like one sentence and she sat there and kind of, you know, looked up (laughs) and was thinking about it. And then she started to talk and the sentence kind of went on for a while. I was like, oh man, so this is now just as many words. It's just all strung together in one breath. So it can be technically called a sentence. (laughs) So she goes on and I, I hold up my hand and I'm like, I'm really sorry. And I go, oh my gosh, I'm thinking, oh, she's gonna hate me for this. I was like, I got to interrupt you. I was like, can you ask your question in like five words? And that time she really did look a little bit like, (laughs) I felt like I was being rude at the time. I have to admit, I was like, it was, I, it was probably towards the end of the clinic. I'd probably done other clinics. I was probably tired. And I'm just like, can you just do it in five words? And she actually wrote off. And I thought, oh man, I'm really blew it. Like I just, I'm sure I blew it. I'm sure I insulted her. I felt bad, but you know, (laughs) I wasn't helping her otherwise. So a few minutes later, she came back and she said it in five words. She's like, horse falling in left shoulder. I was like, oh, I can help with that. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it was something like that. 
horse falling in left shoulder. I was like, that's amazing. Okay. And then I said, when? <laughs> and she's like, canter, straight lines. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know. And again, I, you get the essence of the story. If you heard me tell the story before, it, the details might be not exact, but that's okay. Oh, here's a fun fact. Did you know that um, the more frequently you tell the story, tell a story, the further away from the truth it gets? <laughs> Isn't that interesting? I, I heard that uh, from a neuroscience guy. And he's like, if you have the experience, you have the memory, and then the first time you tell it, that's as close as you're going to get to the words coming out of your mouth being really close with that thing that actually happened. But every time you tell the story, you naturally will, now that the closest memory of the story is your telling of the story. So the next time you tell the story, the most recent event is the last time you told the story. And so it just gets, you keep getting like one degree further away from the truth. Anyway, I've told the story a lot. So if you've heard this before and you're like, no, Karen, she said she, the shoulder was falling out, you know, anyway, you get the picture. I digress. Yeah. So I was like, when it's like, oh, you know, can or straight lines I'm like, oh, I can help with this. So then gave her an exercise and it might've been an exercise about, well, let's get the mind and the feet on the line of travel first. And let's use a visual marker. So the horse knows where that line is and really prioritize, okay, on the wall and make the wall a happy place that gets rewarded. And, you know, all of a sudden I had all these ideas for, ideas for her and then she could go out and implement them. And so then I saw her riding around and she'd be like, you know, yes. <laughs> so people who take lessons with me also know I'm big on the yes moment. Either be searching or enjoying. So you're either searching or you've got it. And like enjoy it and tell the horse and yes and cookies and rewards and rest and breathing and petting and rubbing and all this good stuff. So anyway, she started riding around and I'd see her playing around and yes, <laughs> rewarding her horse, big smiles, everybody happy. It's like awesome. And so, you know, later at the end of the clinic, I'm all done and uh, I'm walking uh, back to my car or something and I see her and her husband coming up to me and I thought, oh boy, you know, I still felt a little bad about being what I thought was rude to her. And, uh, and I was like, Oh no, the husband's here and he's probably going to be like protecting her. And how dare you talk to my wife like that or something like that. Uh, anyway, they came up and they and he said to me, he's like, Karen, I'm like, well, yeah. And he just held out his hand. He's like, I want to shake your hand. He's like, that was awesome. <laughs> something like that. Like, you know, I think you've changed our life, you know? So anyway, um, it was all in good spirits and he probably uses that technique with her. But anyway, the point is clear, concise communication. And it's not just about the communication, right? It's about forming, forming the idea, right? So what was happening before with her is she just was like, words were coming out. It was almost like a stream of consciousness, which is, you know, it's a good place to start. She's like, okay, I'm just going to open my mouth and I'm going to describe everything that's happening. And so th there's, 
you know, that might be a good thing to do. You could, you could use that as a technique where you go home and you're like, all right, let me journal about this problem. Let me just do a, you know, what I call a brain dump, just write down everything that you can think of that surrounds the problem. So that could be a good first step. However, you got to take it to the next step and you got to start to gather that. It's like, okay, well, all these 10 things that I wrote down, well, they're all in kind of this category. And these 10 things that I wrote down, well, they always, they happen after this other stuff happens. So let's get rid of those because those are secondary. What are the first things that go wrong? And then you can weed down your list and whittle it down to some really key points. And when you take the time to form your questions in as few words as possible, you're going to get closer to the solution because you're going to have to also take out all the words about judgment and emotion. And you're going to prioritize what simply what is. And so likewise, forming an answer in as few words as possible will help get to the heart of the matter And it'll yield a simple theme or a simple intention that could be integrated during many, many different exercises. Hey everyone, a quick message to let you know about a really exciting limited time opportunity for learning at no extra cost. So now you've heard me rave about the video classroom. It's my video training library, and it's where you go to see this podcast in action with videos on pretty much everything that I teach. But for May, June, and July, we are going to be doing extra monthly live Q&A calls, and anyone who's in the classroom gets to attend at no extra cost. We've never offered this before, so it's a pretty cool opportunity. So this is such a great time to be able to speak with a real person, to get your questions answered, either about a particular video that you watched or a challenge that you're having with your horse. Now, the video classroom, I think, is always the best deal. And for May, June, and July, it is going to be amazing. So go to dressagenaturally.net slash classroom and start your subscription today. There's always a one week free trial to check it out. Again, dressagenaturally.net slash classroom. Okay, now back to the pod. So the other part of this game of can you form the question in five words is then I, as the teacher, made a challenge for myself of can I answer that question in three words? And this is something, it's a game I've played on Facebook. I just was realizing that I haven't played this game in a while, and I promise that I will. So if you're in the Dressage Naturally Land Facebook group um, or follow my page, like watch for this. I call it lightning and enlightening. So lightning as in fast (laughs) and enlightening as in, you know, hopefully you learn something from it. And also, you know, just lightning as far as like lightness, because it's pretty fun and lighthearted. So watch for it. I am making a mental commitment to do more of these. And so how it works when I do it in Facebook is I put up a graphic called lightning and enlightening. You ask me your question in five words and I'll answer it in three. And it's like a little mental 
challenge for me and a mental challenge for you, but there's some really, really cool stuff that comes out of it. So what I thought I'd do is um, I looked up an old uh, time that I posted this. This is from, oh my gosh, let's see. This one that I found is from (laughs) a year ago, over a year ago. And, uh, and I thought I'd share some of them with you because, you know, as I share these, there's going to be some, I think some cool things that come up. All right. So here we go. The first thing a student typed in was herd, mare, pasture, can't catch. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, I think we get the picture of it, right? There's, it's amazing how few words you need or how many words you can eliminate And you still get the idea. So herd, mare, pasture, can't catch. And I wrote, bring gifts, interestingly. (laughs) So come bearing gifts. That's something um, animal behaviorist Jennifer Zellig's always uh, or prioritizes just this like, hey, I'm really glad to see you because um, regularly for no reason at all, I approach when I approach there's gifts, whether those gifts are cookies or scratches or whatever your horse likes, like maybe they like playing with a ball and you bring a ball out with them. Um, So whatever it is, you're just thinking, what would that uh, what would that creature love and be so happy um, to see? And I'll bring it with me. Grandmas have been doing this for ages. Grandma bakes the chocolate chip cookies. Why? Why? Because people like chocolate chip cookies. And do we love grandma just because of who she is? Sure. But do the cookies make it even better? Absolutely. (laughs) Will the cookies make a difference if grandma is like a horrible, 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 abusive person? No, they won't. So be a good person and bring gifts. And the interestingly part is, is, you know, think about a little bit, like, are you just going to march out there like a little soldier, boom, 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 coming to get my horse and, you know, give him cookies. Or can you act a little bit more like a horse, like have a horse go, Hey, Ooh, what, who, what's she doing? And not like, Oh, geez, here she comes. Here she comes. She's got the halter. Oh, darn. (laughs) I know what she's going to do. In my pasture, um, there's, you know, they've got some big pastures and there's often these little trails I see. And if you see a horse trail, it's pretty much never a straight line, right? It's just, even if they're going from the back of the pasture up towards where the feed pens are, there's always this little curve to the line. But we humans, we tend to just like go. So be interesting, like curve a little bit, stop and like fiddle with a weed or something on the ground. That's something horses do. Be interesting. Make them go, what's she looking at? What is there? Is there really, is there one of those good pieces of grasses down there? What's she doing? So bring gifts interestingly. All right. The next one, the person wrote, and, and, um, let's see, she wrote horse says no to forward. That's a common one. I got lots and lots of um, resources for horses who are energy conservative. Uh, anyway, so horse says no to forward. And I answered were with my standard answer for this question, which is, um, why should he? So three simple words. Why should he? 
but there's a lot in there, right? So the implication is, is why should he? Is that we need to think of creating a reason why they should. Now, of course, if I could use all the words in the universe, I would say, always think about physical problems first. You know, check the diet, check for pain, check for ulcers, check for things like that. So let's just, I guess, as I go forward, just like implied asterisk footnote footnote disclaimer, always check for physical reasons first. (laughs) But let's say that it is a training problem. Horse says no to forward. Why should he? What's in it for him? How well does he get paid? You know, or are we training them to be energy conservative? Because every time they give, we ask for more. If they give a little, we take a lot. So why should he? That's pretty much always my answer to that question. Let's see. Uh, Somebody else wrote, uh, canters fast all the time. (laughs) And so my three-word answer was relax, comma, more turns. (laughs) To which somebody wrote, amen to that advice. Yeah, so there's a lot in there. Relax, okay, because... Chances are, if a horse is cantering fast all the time, a lot of people um, would get tense. It can be really stressful that, you know, tension feeds tension. So it's hard to stay relaxed if your horse is running around all the time. So relaxation is going to be the most important thing. And that relaxation, of course, is for the horse, but I mean, that's part of the problem. <laughs> you know, I didn't say just canter slow. <laughs> so you want, you need to stay relaxed. And then the more turns is just to make it harder for the horse to canter that fast. And that's a very, um, very effective technique. Sometimes I will set up a, like a jumper course of um, jump standards or barrels or <clears throat> whatever it is. But I set that up in a way so there's these pairs of cones or markers like a jump course, but there's no jumps but I just have a focal point. And so I, I look for the nice long lines and the can when the horse is cantering in a relaxed way, they get nice long lines, but the faster they try to go, the more it's going to cause me to make a, a turn. And the faster they go, the tighter the turn, which is going to feel um, hard, but that's the point. We almost, it's going to sound not so nice, but it's like you throw them off balance in order to f- help them find their balance. So they're running around. We go, whoa, got to make a 90 degree turn. And they're going to go, whoa, I got to really sit up and balance myself in order to do that. And you go, I know. Thank you. (laughs) So turning them back and forth, different directions or more frequent turns. And then it's something you can really um, moderate and modulate uh, where when they go fast, the turns are harder and come more frequently. As they settle in, the turns get easier and further apart. So they can really get a chance to to try their options. And we're not punishing, we're just doing cause and effect. And it will help often motivate them to go, oh, hey, when I do this, everything gets easier. And you go, yeah, that's what I want you to learn. I want you to decide to canter slower because that feels like a good option for you. So canter fa- canters fast all the time. That's the problem in five words. The solution is relax, more turns. Next person said, horse won't bend one way. 
And my answer in three words was basic alignment exercise. That is one of the key signature exercises in the Dressage Naturally program. You can find it in the video classroom. You can find it in my book. Um, I don't know how to live without that exercise. So it I won't go through the whole thing here, but it's an exercise where you um, play with the, let the horse feel different options of positioning and crookedness. And they, um, and do it in a way where the horse starts to choose the place where he feels the most aligned. So often horses can't bend in one direction because they're crooked. They're crooked in a way that sets them up for one bend, but makes the other one really hard. So it's not about bending the other direction. It's about finding the crookedness. And from a place of centered and aligned, then you can bend more easily. Because a little PS to that is if horses are bending a lot in one direction and none, not at all in the other direction, the direction you think they're bending, they're probably not bending. They're probably faking it. <laughs> they're probably overbending their neck, sticking their shoulder out and swinging their haunches in. And it seems like they're bending, but they're actually just really crooked. So better to have alignment and from there be able to do one tick of a bend to each way and then slowly build that suppleness and flexibility over time. Okay, let's see. What else do I have here? Um, <laughs> this person wrote, Gelding loses mind by mares. And my my slightly snarky answer was, less sexy mares? <laughs> so that was my first answer. I thought that was a good one. Less sexy mares. Uh, but then my real answer was, uh, be more... And then I cheated here because I hyphenated a word, but be more attention worthy. So I made attention worthy one word. <laughs> it's still, that's three words. Uh, yeah. So again, the, the, if the mares are distracting, you have to be more interesting than what's distracting your horse. And so you can be more interesting by asking a little bit harder questions. Um, again, by staying relaxed because you don't want to feel like, they see the mares, they get distracted. Now you get crazy and start punishing them and get tense. And now that makes them want to listen and pay attention to you even less because you're not a very nice person to be listening to. So they, the mares are starting to look even better. So you got to always be relaxed, um, be interesting, be attention worthy and be like, hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do that? Oh, or can you go over here? Um, obstacles are really, really um, helpful here. Things where they have to step over things with their feet, cavalettis, things like that. Or I get out my, what I call my clutter circle. You can look for that in the video classroom, my clutter circle, where you put a bunch of safe objects down and you just go through it. <laughs> and they have to like pick their way through it and adjust their strides or they're going to like, you know, knock into them. So it's all safe, but um attentiveness to the present moment and where their feet are is naturally rewarded. Uh, the easiest path is when they're paying attention and to their immediate environment instead of what's in the distance. Uh, so it's a little bit um, us and a little bit a circumstance that you can um, set up for them. All right, let's see. Let me scroll through here. Um, someone said... Um, Bumpy transitions 
canter trot bareback. And they hyphenated canter trot. So that was another clever. Oh, no, that is five words. Never mind. Bumpy transitions, canter to trot, bareback. And my advice was to improve it with the saddle first. Uh, so that's sort of a general a general rule whenever or a guideline. Whenever you're having trouble with something, can you find a slightly easier version of it and raise your standard? All right. So if you know it's really bumpy bareback, it's probably bumpy in the saddle, but the saddle is buffering it. You can't feel the bumpiness. The saddle is helping you. So quote unquote, helping you. So what I would do, but you know, if it's hard bareback and you're not able to sit it, then it's hard to improve it. So you get in the cycle. So if it's easier to sit in the saddle, use the saddle, but raise your standard. You're going to have to really pay attention and go, could I have sat that bareback if I was bareback? And don't settle for, thank God I'm in the saddle. <laughs> I didn't fall off of that one. Uh, you know, it felt smoother, but it really wasn't smooth. It just the saddle was buffering it. So go in the saddle, make it easier, but raise your standard. And then when the horse is more balanced and more relaxed in their back and more through, then you can try it bareback. And if it's always the case that it's just worse bareback, then I would start thinking, and you might think about this even earlier on, is like, maybe they're not comfortable bareback. Maybe those bony seat bones um, are digging in. So maybe you need a bareback pad with a little bit more padding or something like that. But, you know, always look at pain first. All right, let's see what, well, what else we have. All right. Somebody asks, or they just say, um, mayor spooks in the arena. And my answer was determine root cause. Now, one thing that's really interesting that you're probably noticing here, the exercises ask me, well, tell me your problem in, in five words. Notice that a lot of them aren't questions. They're just statements. They're statements of what is. It's not, what should I do about this? You know, of, of course you want to know because you're there asking, but look at how like simplified these problems are stated. There's no, um, judgment. There's no, and it makes me feel this and he's doing it to me. And there's just no room for any words like that. So when you, you know, I'm so frustrated because he always does this to me and blah, you know, stuff like that. When you're challenged to only state it in five words, which words do you take out? And we naturally will take out the words like that, like frustrated, <clears throat> always doing this to me. Like we kind of inherently know that those words don't matter and they're not helpful. So what we're left with are the really important words. So that alone is a really powerful exercise that I didn't have to tell anybody, Hey, don't use the words, don't use judgment words or things like that. It's like, people are figuring this out. Like, Oh shoot, I only have five words. I know which ones I need to take out. I know the ones that aren't helping anything. Anyway, so Mayor Spooks in the arena, deter and my answer was determine the root cause. So there's a little science experiments you need to think about. Um, is it 
you know, what is it about the arena? Is it always that arena? Is it every arena? What else is happening? Is it certain days? Is it certain circumstances? Is it, um, is it because you're doing of the kind of work you're doing in the arena that you never do anywhere else? What if you do the same kind of work outside the arena? What if you go in the arena, but you don't do any work? Like there's a lot of, um, I call the science experiment. You just like, all right, let's change the variables and see what sticks. <laughs> so see if you can isolate as many things as possible that you can determine about the spooking. Does that happen every day? you know, all that when I'm riding, when I'm online, things like that. So determine the root cause because horses can spook because they're just ramped up emotionally about something that's not even related to the arena. It could be a thing, could be a thing in the arena, or it could be about the the work, or it could just be a fear of the rider. Or it could be, there's so many different reasons why they might spook. So you just want to go deeper like, okay, what else is there? All right. Somebody wrote, um, hard time setting realistic goals. And my answer to that was practice and start easy. So that's, that's, um, one of the reasons why I created the, what I call the happy athlete progress journal. <laughs> it's available in the shop. So shop.dressagenaturally.net, you can find, um, what I call the happy athlete progress journal. And it's a place where I, I kind of lead people through the practice of setting, um, setting a goal and making a training plan for the week and for the day. And I purposely call it a changeable plan because it takes practice. You know, you set a goal and then you try to do it. And then you realize, oh man, my goals are always way too big. So if you never reach your goals, then you might say, all right, well, maybe my goals are unrealistic, but they might sound like perfectly good goals, but you, you need to practice being accountable, writing it down on paper. Cause sometimes we kind of have a goal ish in our head, kind of, but when you have to write it down, then it becomes real. And now you can work towards it and you can measure each day. And then each week, how did it go? Did I get closer to my goal? Did I reach my goal? Did I get, was I way off base? And I never even got, I was off on a tangent all week because that goal was really not appropriate. So that's what I mean by practice, practice, writing down a plan, writing down a goal. And then here's the most important part, assessing how you did each day what worked, what didn't work, because that's going to help you plan the next one. So the progress journal walks you through that. All you have to do is open it up, answer the questions that are in it, write it down <laughs> and just go through it. Each journal is like three months of practice. And then the starting easy would be, you know, if, if you're having trouble reaching your goals, just make them, make them easier. And there is such a huge benefit to setting a goal that is achievable, even if it seems ridiculously small and not even worth writing down, you will get such a dopamine hit <laughs> by writing down a goal and doing it. It's so important that sometimes, and maybe you guys do this too, sometimes at the end of the day, 
I'll write down something that I did just so I can cross it off. (laughs) It wasn't even on my list, but I'm like, you know what? I did this stuff today. I'm going to write it down just so I can cross it off and I can celebrate. So I'm a really big um, fan of celebrating successes and you have to train yourself that you can do this. If you always set goals that are unachievable and unrealistic, then every single moment you're proving to yourself that you can't do it. I mean, it's just evidence, right? I said I was going to do this and I didn't. And then I said I was going to do this and then I didn't. And your brain's like, I get it. You can never achieve goals. <laughs> and then there's some time when you're, there's something you really do want to do and you're really trying to do it and it's hard. Your brain's going to go, remember, you can't do stuff. So we want to re wire our brains, practice doing really simple things, write out a list of things you're going to do. Ridiculous things, ridiculous things like write down just, you know, I'm going to walk to the barn. I'm going to remember to breathe when I walk to the barn. That's hard. (laughs) You know, I'm going to put a note, I'm going to, you know, have a note in my hand when I leave to remember to like breathe and remember this thing or whatever it is, I'm going to clean my tack and put a little sign on your hook. So like clean your tack and then you clean your tack and then you cross it off and go, woohoo, done, handled. That's what we do. Handled. (laughs) So start easy. Start with the smallest, most benign goals. You are allowed to write it down after you did it just so you can cross it off. All right, let me see. What else do we have here? Oh, here's an interesting one. Someone wrote um, that the the challenge was her, um, she says, losing connection when distance increases. And then she put a parentheses with a little winky face um, in Liberty. So losing connection when the distance increases. And So playing with Liberty, horse gets too far away, losing the connection. And my answer to her um, is kind of, I think it's interesting. So my answer was start from distance. And this is something, there's a, a video in the video classroom about this. It's March, 2020. It's called Beginning Liberty with Teo. And this is really good for horses who, um, feel a lot of pressure easily, who um, tend to get, you know, well, I guess that's it. The ones that feel pressure too too easily and are really prone to needing to move. (laughs) So I'll start my Liberty session, not by saying, come here, come here, stay with me, stay with me, stay with me. Don't leave, don't leave, don't leave. Because then always feels like, oh my gosh, you know, I hope they don't leave. So sometimes I go out and I just send them out. And so I have a little cue. I say, go. And if I say go and I get like all hunkered down, like I'm playing, um, go means go, like just move your feet. And it's, it's playful, but it's firm. It's like, go, gotta go move, move, keep moving. And so the game is keep moving, keep moving. And, you know, again, you can picture this in a like running them around the round pen kind of thing. It's not like that. I'm usually doing this in a big space and a, a, 
like a rectangle. So they have ways to take the pressure off. I don't really like this for round, especially if it's too small a round pen, because in, in too small a round pen, they just feel the same pressure all the time. And I don't really like that. That kind of is not the point. The point is that they feel like they can run away. Just make it um, big enough space that they can they can leave, but small enough that you can kind of run down there and not let them hang out away from you for too long because then you're just teaching them to like run away from you and go hang out in the nice corner. So some sort of space, depending on your fitness and speed, and the um, sensitivity of your horse, I'll send them out. And it's like, go play. So it's very positive. It's like, go run, go play. And then um, I might start, well, the first criteria is keep moving. Now, it doesn't have to be at a gallop. It can be just at a trot, but just enough movement that at some point they're looking to make things easier. And again, don't interpret this exercise as run them until they beg you to stop. No, this can be all very calm and can be really playful and it can be really fun, but it's sort of going, you probably want to leave. So let's start there, go leave and keep playing. And at some point, unless they're really fearful and freaked out, at some point they are going to start finding the easiest line. So often it starts out with, they go diagonally to the corner, then they change directions and they go diagonally to the corner, then they change directions. And you kind of just keep it moving until you start seeing arcs. And when I start seeing arcs, then I start, oh, good boy. So if your horse knows the verbal bridge, you can go good. Like, oh my gosh, they made half a circle or they went past the point that they usually turn around. Or you can just simply start breathing and relaxing and go, oh my God, you're so beautiful. And they will start to find the easiest line because running to the corner and turning around and starting again is hard work. It's harder work than just simply keeping the line on a nice smooth line. And so I found unless the horse is just freaked out, in which case you shouldn't be doing this, you should just be sitting quietly until they calm down. Um, but if they're thinking enough to make this a game, they'll start making a circle around you. And then you just invite them in, get really, you know, you become the safe, yummy space. It's all good. And they start looking to come into you. And so when they start looking to come into you, then you can decide, you know, is that a big deal? Take it soon. If it's not a big deal, it's like little cheeky horse who just needs to kind of do his own thing for a little bit before he's ready then you can say, okay, I know you want to come in, but can you make a few, can you just like loop around a little bit more and complete that circle? So like for Atomic, who's really educated at Liberty, he knows, but sometimes he just can't handle it and he needs to go um, run run around a little bit. Um, I'll let him go run around a little bit. And then instead of, um, you know, instead of make, you know, oh my God, I got to get you to stay with me. I'll let him out there. And at some point, you can see him go, okay, I'm ready now. And then he'll start close circling around me. He'll come in and leave an offering to do like a canter pirouette canter or something like that. He's like, okay, I'm ready. And then you know what? He's there. I've got him. And he doesn't feel like he needs to leave because he already did that. Um, I have a horse, Teo. So the video in the classroom is with a horse, Teo, 
who's much more introverted, much more fearful. And this was the first Liberty sessions with me. And I didn't want to feel like, oh my God, you have to stay with me. I didn't want that pressure. So uh, this is, I'll show demonstrating it with him doing it with the horse for the first time. And I send him away, send him, you know, just keep him out there. And pretty soon he's like, he lets loose on the circle and he asks to stay around. Uh, so that's what I mean by um, start from a distance. All right. I think I'm going to wrap it up there. There are so many, I think there's like 90 comments on this post. So again, I hope that you found that helpful. Uh, and um, you don't need me to be there to answer your questions. Just when you have a question for yourself, see if you can try to form the question in just five words and then you might even be able to come up at that point with your own answer in three. But watch for this on Facebook, Dressage Naturally Land Facebook group. Anyone can join or the Dressage Naturally um, page. Uh, I intermittently, you know, will post on either one of those. But look out for them because these are super, super fun to play. And it's super fun to uh, listen to all the um, or see all the problems and solutions. All right, that's it. See you next time. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process. <laughs>